Hello, folks. Um, it's our voices again. It's been a while. It's been about a month since you've heard uh, Chris and Deepom here. We took a little bit of a uh, September 2020 off, um, but we're back here. We're back with another character corner. Um, we're going to uh, be talking Superman Part 2 in our character corner series where we uh, kind of find our favorite comic book characters or, or creators or comic book runs and we kind of go through the history of them have some conversations about them um we did part one at the, i think the end of august and we had a really good conversation about that first part of superman all the way up to the death of superman um and we're going to uh be uh following that up now with, with some more stuff but before we get into that i was informed by Deepom that we actually have a lot of reviews to read so i am going to turn over to my co-host to go through all these wonderful reviews First of all, thank everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who listens who uh, leaves those five-star reviews on iTunes and leaves the message we read it on the air. That is the policy of the show. And if I've read yours before, blame our memories because I'm pretty sure we didn't check in August. We're getting old. So we're gonna, huh? What did you say? I said we're getting old. Yeah, we're getting real. <laughs> you guys missed the pre-show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if if you want to have a podcast, and... might, we might do a podcast on lawn care at some point. I'm just saying. You know Felder has one, right? <laughs> Yes, I know. I okay. Know. Like, every like, people are like, what's a good gardening podcast? I'm like, hand in the dirt podcast, man. Like, right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's almost getting a little old ago. Let's stop. Um, Arcana says, an excellent comic show. Deep Palm and Chris are fantastic hosts, not just because they know what they're talking about when it comes to comic book characters, but also because they're just a lot of fun to listen to. This is the kind of show you stumble upon and then binge from start to finish because you learn so much. Plus, it's lots of fun. Comics fans will adore this show. People who just want to know who Captain America is will also get a whole lot out of it. Subscribe. I want to. So I've gotten some of those messages on Twitter where they're like, "Yeah, I binge your show." I'm like, "Oh no, it's not designed for that. Don't do that." I don't say that. But you know what? It kind of is, though, if you think about it. You know, if you think, if you want to go back, That's a lot of us. I don't you know. know, you know what it is. We're so close. We're so close to these We're characters. Too We're to too That's close true. to it. But if you think about it, when you have all these comic book characters coming out, and and movies now are the entry place for a lot of people, movies, TV shows, and yeah. things like this. And so it's like when you want to hear that, like I can see it. You know, so yeah, you gotta take it, man. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, Perfect Comic Podcast, Pepto-Bismol. That's a great username. Um, before listening to, comic, to Character Corner, I never bought a comic in my life, but always wanted to get into them. A year later, and comics are one of the top things taking my money every month. Chris and Deepalm give so much info that it's easy to listen to and take in about characters they love. Couldn't recommend enough. Wow. I always love those. I love the ones when people are like, I didn't really look at comics now, but now I'm giving all my money. <laughs> You ruined, you ruined my budget. Like that's that's a listen. I don't normally take pride in the financial ruin of people, but if it's towards the comic industry, then you know. All right, all right. Um, again, by Antonio Augusto. During this crazy time, I've been catching up on old episodes. I really need you guys to do a Grant Morrison JLA run. Be well, gentlemen. Still stay safe. That is a thought. It is, and it's actually um, interesting because some of the stuff I did read for this, I, I did uh, pick up that, that JLA run and start reading some of that. So we are actually going to talk a little bit about that run. But that actually, you know, we... I um, that run. Like, that's yeah. the run that got me big, big into DC. Like, I was always a Marvel kid, but that's the run that brought me to DC. Yeah, I, that might... Hmm, can we, let me write some notes down. Let me take some, take some notes. notes. Look at you guys um, look at, look at giving notes. us work. 
<laughs> um, Jack Blinder says, pure passion. As a 50-something-year-old old-school comic book aficionados, I have enjoyed living the COVID with you. As a person who has the luxury of doing what I'm passionate about every day, I recognize that same enthusiasm in the two of you. Refreshing my knowledge of Claremont, an era I experienced firsthand, or introducing someone that has been out of the scene to Miles Morales, you've helped me escape to a forget, forgotten and much missed time. Keep on being you because you guys rock. Be safe, be you. Wow. Like that's. I told you they were nice. Oh, this is great. I love these. This is you're just gassing us out like this. I mean, no, when you, when you take a month off because you just like the 2020 has been a lot and you got a lot going on at work. Coming back and, and having this, like, I appreciate it. It does. It means a lot. Like, it really does. Um, the last review we've got here is History from King Fox. I've been listening to this podcast for about a year now. God, wow. And I've learned so much from it and spent a lot of money because of it. I love learning about the history of certain characters, groups, and looking out for more writer, artist names on books. I do have a request. Can you please help me with a Jaime Reyes reading order? He's been around since 06 and hasn't had much success since his first series, but he's been in so many books. I tried doing the research myself, but I don't know how important some of his appearances are versus others. This is going to be something we say a lot about DC. Important isn't going to be a good guide. You're going to look for good. Because there's the people who are in the camp of all the rewriting of continuities erases old stories and i'm just like your books didn't get taken away guys like the books are still there so what may be important to one group of fans is not important to another x y and z i will do research for you and talk about this next podcast i promise i'm writing myself a note because i've always enjoyed that version of blue beetle when i've encountered him i was a big team titans i read that whole run of Teen titans so he played a lot heavily into the second half of that book um I read young, some young of the Justice Soul series, but also they did. They tried some things that didn't quite work in the New Fifty Two. So, as far as like the current status of Jaime Reyes, I think after Death Metal and Future Shock, we're going to have a different DC universe. So that may be a wait and see. But I mean, great question. And Young Justice, he's great in Young Justice. Yeah, um, we're definitely going to. So we're doing a <clears throat> poll list also this week. I mean, that might be the time. I'm, I'm debating whether we talk a little bit about that feature slate of DC during that or during yeah, the mailbag. Well, well, no, no, no. I'm not sure if we're doing it during pull this or the mailbag the following week. Oh, so that's I... that's the only thing. Uh, so we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, it, it's another one of those things of, I, I always want to, I'm always interested in seeing what DC does, but I'm, I'm not going to be as skeptical as I was when they announced Rebirth, because I think that overall that went well. It's just Super I'm still well, especially I, for us. Right, right, right. I just it's just I'm I've been burned before, so I'm still on that cost. Co- well, the got to stay up. I've got one yeah. more listener feedback. It was to my um, Instagram, and I already asked him if I could read this. So this is from Ben. He says, "Hey, I don't know if you read these or not, but I just wanted to say I love your character corners with Chris. I've loved superheroes since I watched X Men the animated series." Justice League, Batman Beyond, and Spider-Man as a three-year-old. Wow. I read my first comic, Random Issue of Grayson, at 15, and at 16, when I was going through the worst depression of my the worst of my depression, read DC Universe Rebirth, and that's when I fell in love with comics. DC characters, specifically Superman, gave me something to strive for to be good enough and try to inspire others the way he inspired me. Listening to your podcast really made me realize what made 
Marvel character special and caused me to read Morrison's X-Men and Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four. I'm working through his Avengers right now. I just wanted to thank you guys for opening my eyes towards the X-Men and showing me why they're so special. Wow. Um, yeah. You know, I, like I said, we... 2020 has been a lot for everyone. Um, I have been super, super busy at work. It's just um, usually what I can usually do at work, what I used to do at work like last year, I could do some research or do some stuff, you know, on the side while I was at work and things like that. I am not able to do that anymore. So not going to lie, like towards the end, like I've just been like, oh man, how are we going to keep up doing this kind of stuff? But like these, getting these kind of, this kind of feedback and getting these kind of reviews and, and people reaching out and saying this stuff. It ensures that, you know what, I'm always going to find time. Even if I got to take a month mm -hmm. off to kind of recharge my batteries, I'm always going to be back. As long as D-Palm is down, we're going to come back and we're going to um, uh, do this show because, like I said, this is, it, it's, for us, sometimes, you know, you don't get that, when, when it comes to the podcast, right, you don't get that, that feedback immediately that somebody's listening right. to this shit. You know, sometimes it's just like, yo, we just did, we just threw a, like a four or five part on on Claremont's X Men earlier. What was it last year? Or earlier this year is like last year, right? And last it's like, year, did yeah. did anybody really like listen to that? But then when you get these kind of the, when you get these emails, and I hear but people going like, I went back through a year's worth of stuff, and it got me doing like that. Is what is like okay, cool. No, people are listening. So even if it's not like millions of people and things like that, but just knowing that it's just one person or right. two people or a handful of people that are just like, no, this is getting me through some tough times. That's going to be enough for me to make sure that we always keep doing this. Like that is, it, and, it's really is special. And it's something that we have in common with you guys. Cause like when I, like I've been, I've had the longest two months of my life and my escape is grabbing my tablet and be like, I'm going to read a run. Like uh, this weekend I read Astonishing X-Men. I read all Whedon's Astonishing X-Men. Mm -hmm. It's really well done. Like that last speech by Kitty at the end of uh, giant size. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. And it kind of relaxes me. And then, honestly, you guys are just saving my wife because otherwise she would have to listen to me talk about these comic <laughs> characters. Yo, so listen, Deepon and I both listened to uh, uh, last podcast on the left. I don't want to be Henry. Whenever I, if I, I ever, if I ever become married or have a girlfriend, I don't want to be Henry. Where I'm just sitting there, my wife is there, having to hear me go on. <laughs> It, it rants about serial killers or <laughs> or, or aliens or anything like we need somebody else to spare our like, significant I others. To, I don't want to be explaining to my wife like why, why superheroes matter. Like no, <laughs> God, that poor woman suffered enough. Right, right. I'm just trying to. You're sparing. You're sparing our our significant others. You guys That's are all. doing a public service by even listening. Right. <laughs> Oh man. Um no, but seriously, thank you guys for all this. It, it really is special. It really does mean a lot to us. Um So again, we're 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 doing part 2. Um we left lost last last left off with um the Death of Superman. Before we get in here, I I think the same thing we said in part 1, the same thing goes here. It's like like anything with DC. It's and you kind of mentioned it too. It's some of the stuff is all over the place. I like looking at the trends of characters, though. Mm -hmm. And I was really, like, some of the stuff I was reading and going through and looking at Superman and kind of, there, there's two things, especially in this era that we're in, this real-life era that we're in and dealing with right now, that really stand out to me about Superman, right? One is how, and I don't know, I'm, and maybe this is the thing, again, I'm not, 
we're gonna me and Deepon, we didn't talk about this before. We're gonna draw a truce on 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 movies when it comes to Superman. But my thing is this: what, what truce? The truce is we're not gonna talk shit about anybody's care or like about any of these movies, whether it's the Donner movies or the oh, yeah. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna you know, however anybody feels about them. But I think we can both agree on this, right? And I feel like the same thing happens with Batman. I don't feel like any of these movies, whether you like them or not, have ever really kind of nailed, 100% nailed the characters. You know I'm going to disagree on that. Here's why I say this about even the Christopher Reeves movies. Okay. When I think back to those, and there's a couple elements, and, and again, it's not a bad thing. I think that some of the stuff is kind of hard to do. And even for that time period, it definitely wasn't going to happen. One I, of the, I, th- I think I think you can make the case that it's not the ideal Superman, but it is a snapshot of that character. No, it is. Whereas no, no, no. I would right. say we've never gotten a snapshot of that. No, and, and valid. I think I think we're here's the uh, and, uh, there's where I say we'll, we'll draw the truth and we'll, we'll agree. I think we've been way closer on the Superman side than we have on the yes. Batman side. All right. 100%. Um, what thing. I mean by that is there's a couple elements of Superman that I I don't think, and again I think it's time period as well with 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 that that happened with with the Reeves movies. One, really, his immigrant status and his feeling of wanting to belong and, and be considered human and seen as human, right? Because I've been reading some of the other later issues, and one of the big things that always seems to come up is people saying, you're not one of them. You're not human. You don't belong. Why are you, t- why are you siding with them? You know, And the fact that he sees himself that way, you know, I think, is something that really should shine in part of this character. And then two, and this is where I say that the Reeves movies did him a little bit of a disservice. I feel like Reeves is always a little bit too stiff as Superman and almost too much of a Boy Scout. Because while he is good, I think it kind of neutered the personality that Superman has. He has way more personality. I think when those films came out, he didn't have one. You say what? And and that's fair. And and that's fair. And I think that's fair. Um, and I think that's the thing that uh, when I was reading some of these, and, and again, time period, right? Like yeah, you were exactly. saying, he didn't have one. And I think that started probably with Burn, right? A little bit after the, mm-hmm. when Burn's uh, Man of Steel stuff comes out. Um, I think that that's something that has definitely been missed in live action across the board. Because I think even with um, our Brandon Ross uh, Superman, still the same way, right? Still not really having... He's he's a blank slate as opposed to being someone who was raised in Kansas. Like right, there's a, there's a personality type that would evolve from that from that rearing, and right. it's not necessarily the flat guardian of good, right? Or the fact that you know Superman does show anger. He does have like, and and it's not like a it's not the Zack Snyder anger. I'm gonna rip somebody's head off. Like <laughs> right, You're right. It's but there's a balance there, and I think that when reading these books, I that and that's where I come in and say I feel like the live action has kind of done a disservice because while me and you can see see that right, I think so many other people don't, and so they have drawn this conclusion. So now you get these two camps of nope, Superman's too. It's the, you know what it reminds me of, and I'm gonna draw a lot of comparisons to, to Superman to some other Marvel characters. It's the Cyclops debate. Oh, it's the Cyclops. I thought you were going to say something else. Well, I, what? Who were you going to say? Yeah. Huh? Cap? It's people a, didn't realize how interesting Captain America was until they made him interesting in live action. Like oh, people, yeah. If you weren't reading, if you weren't reading like Brewbreaker and like like layered like even sure. some of the older stuff, if you just kind of knew who Captain America yeah. was, your yeah. idea wasn't this layered guy. That's valid. The reason why I said Cyclops is because. A lot of people's introductions, and it, it, it reminds me of just like um, Superman, 
A lot of introductions come from, again, animation. And so when you look at, if, you're, if your introduction and knowledge of the X-Men comes from the X-Men cartoon, well, then Cyclops was a Boy Scout and you hated Cyclops, right? And it's just like, he killed Morph. It was like, it's this whole thing, right? And people were just like, oh, fuck him, right? But when you actually recycle, it's like, no, this dude is actually way more layered and way more, you know, way more of a Scott leader. Summers, Scott Summers with no visor on casually feuding manifestations of him as guild and astonishing X-Men. Yes. He's goddamn hilarious. Right. Like, I, I, like I'm saying, like, Scott Summers is that fucking dude, right? And it's like, <laughs> you don't, but you don't know that because in the way that we've had the like even in the X-Men movies. He's also trash. Everyone who's yelling, I, he's also trash. No, 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 yeah. no. But but I think that part of that being trash is also part of his personality, right? It's yes. like Very you so. I, I think what we've done is these these certain characters, I think and and you're right, Cap, Cyclops, and now Superman a little bit, they've done this, they all fall into this Boy Scout. They they've always you always describe them as the Boy Scout, right? But like Yo, Boy Scouts can do fucked up shit too. Like, Boy Scouts can be kind of <laughs> fucked up. Like, Boy Scouts have personalities. And so I feel like that's where these depictions, either in animation or in, in live action, have kind of hampered them. Because when you start reading them, like, I'm reading some of the, 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 the stuff after um, the death of Superman and stuff like that. I'm like, Superman has way more personality than people give him credit for. And there's way more layers to this character, you know. Uh, it, it's what separates him, and you you see the uh, the other comparison you have is with him and uh, with Clark Kent and, and Peter Parker, right? Because they're both trying to maintain this life and stuff like that, and going on. The way that more modern writers deal and show how Superman does that. Um, Camera one I was reading, it might have been was it Camelot Falls? I was reading Camelot Falls, and it was Perry had given. This is when Superman has come back. Um, has finally come back to Metropolis, and um, Clark is there, and Clark's been had disappeared as well. So Perry has given Clark all these, like, like mundane tasks to do, because he's like, right. you know, he has uh, he has two big assignments, and the people that want him to, to do the interview are Clark, but he's like, Clark, you've been, you've been gone for a while. You don't, you don't get the right to do that. So I'm going to give you 24 hours to do all these mundane things, but Clark is also fucking Superman. So <laughs> he's going around, and he's fighting all these things while also listening to, like, He's like, well, yeah, I was paying attention to the, the press conference so I could take some notes down. It's like, you're like, wait, this is this guy is way more layered and his powers are way more focused and way more layered than we've ever seen and how he's able to do all that stuff. You know, it's like he's fighting a supervillain while also mentally taking notes. He had um, he was trying to remind himself and, and speed up his memory again. So he had, he embedded micro dots of uh, basically uh, each dot in, in, in this book he was reading was like its own book itself. So he's literally like reteaching. And I'm like. Like, that kind of shit right there is stuff that nobody kind of talks about when it comes to Superman. And it's like, it, it's, it, it brings... the power of the internal monologue in comics. Right, it's right. Him deciding, like, oh, this has got to get... Okay, this is going to be a problem. Avoid that building. Go higher here. Like, it's demonstrating the subtlety of his amazing power. Right. Right. And I, I think it, it, it adds so much more to him. And then when you, when you see that, you're like, oh, wait, he's not just some dude who's really strong and can fly and is invulnerable and is that and stuff like that. But, it's like, it's so much That's one of the reasons I think Justice League and Justice League Unlimited are so important, even more so than Superman and Batman in the animated series. Because when you put those two characters who are so iconic in a group setting, you have to make them fallible to make the other people make sense. Right. And watching Superman be flawed, watching like uh, the Justice Lords, like the other, the ways they did Superman in that series to make the other characters necessary 
mm-hmm. was very intelligent. There's even a, a scene, I believe, in the uh, middle of season two of Justice League, where he ends up on Apocalypse fighting Darkseid, and Batman has to literally pull him off Darkseid. He's like, you're going to kill everyone. He's like, I don't care. I need him to stop. Mm-hmm. Because previously, he had, Darkseid had taken over his brain and made him enslave uh, Metropolis. Like, it's, it's, paradoxically, it's a human Superman. And right. it happened in animation. Right. And, and I think that's the key part there, right? Everyone focuses on, like, particularly, and I'm, I'm thinking more about how, particularly later, later versions of what Zack Snyder did with, with Superman, and I think of it more along the lines of, it's like, oh, he treated, he looked at Superman like Lex Luke, look, Lex Luke looked at Superman. Right? And completely removed the human element of it and the fact that he is just, you know, He's just where, an alien. Right. He's just want one of us. Right. You know, where, you know, we all know in Captain America First Avenger, you know, when Cap says that line, no, I'm, I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. You know, it's like that is, you know, that's also Superman. I'm just a kid from Smallville. Exactly. You know? It's like, and you have to, you have to, you can't separate those two. And you know, I, I it's, hate to keep coming back to Chris Evans' portrayal of Captain America, but before Captain America gets filmed, you're kind of like, He's a literal red, white, and blue flag who's the most earnest dude alive. Like, how do you make that interesting? Mm-hmm. And they're like, you do that and you make it interesting. You're like, oh. Yeah, right. And like, then you like, you can't help but look at Superman and be like, well, then what's wrong with you? Like, why haven't you guys figured this out? Right. Well, and you know what it is? It's the powers. And it's, mm-hmm. it, we talk about this all the time when we talk about DC and Marvel and how the problem with DC when writing comes around is that their characters are these, these gods. But you know, the more and more we we we've done these so many done so many of these, obviously as people have told us, so we've done so many of these. <laughs> Thank you for listening. The, the but and this is where I, I I say that I think this also comes back into the way the public looks at this because in the books, while they're gods, they do show the flaws, and those yeah. flaws and intricacies are there. The problem is they're so legendary outside of the books that they literally have become. That like we have put something onto them that 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 is is there, but we've missed the other piece. The you people know? in charge of them are interested in the other piece. True, they're here for the power. Yeah, their fantasy ends at power, and that's like a larger, not even larger, just a more obvious problem of kind of who's got the reins of these characters and um, other media. Right, right. So, but yeah, I didn't so want to get the last time at the death of Superman. Yes. Doomsday came up. And unlike the other depictions you've seen in some of the media, he tears through most of the superhero community. And he ends up beating Superman to death in Metropolis. And of course, Doomsday dies as well. We talked about this last time, kind of how this, you know, changed the paradigm of how we look at comic books and call it a cheap marketing ploy. But what came after was kind of, for me, as I, I've, I've had to do a lot of rethinking on how I approach this stuff to talk about it today. To me, it's also the best case scenario of what comes next. Because out of the death of Superman, we get Steel, an independent legacy hero. We get Superboy, a concept updated for the modern age, well, modern as it was at the time with fades and hoop earrings and leather jackets. And we get a, a villain that continues to haunt the DC universe in Cyborg Superman. <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of this shit, like, you try it and it doesn't work and it kind of goes away. This is a big event that legitimately changed the DC universe. 
Yeah. And and you know the other thing too that, that got me and I, I was I was going through and looking at the four because there was also Eradicator, right? Eradicator, oh, but that tied right. to an old past thing. It's all, right. Eradicator's weird to talk about. I don't know. Right, right. He is. He's weird to talk about. Just yeah. <laughs> um, but also to look at it this way, it's also kind of what we talk about with 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 um, Batman and the Robin, how each Robin represents a different part of Batman. I mean, look at it. What they were doing with at least with even with a little bit with Eradicator, right? Each of them was supposed to, each of these four, right? So you're going to kill Superman, might as well bring back four. Each of those kind of created, was like a part of the whole, right? Each of them kind of represents a piece of Superman that, you know? Um, like Steel being literally the man of Steel, you know? Man. It's like, and some of it's so hard it's awesome on the nose. Like, you're right. It's the man, it's the willing, it's the desire to do good, it's the longing to be human, and mm-hmm. it's the love of Kryptonian culture. Yeah. You know, huh. and you bring all That's those pieces. Yeah, and you bring all these pieces together, and so you know, you see, you you while you have all these in there, and again, this is where, again, you, you go back and look at this stuff a little bit, like you said, and you have a different take on it. And you look at this stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, I see where they were going with it, even if it all didn't hit right away. I get it, right? You take you separate them, you separate Superman into four di- distinct pieces, and then they each have their like their own book that they're going through, and eventually showing you again, just like they always do with Batman. Why, why, you know, you still need the king, <laughs> you know, yeah. you still need the, yeah, still need the original. There's a reason why right. the characters end up back who they are, like, there's but, a to Batman. but like you said, I, I think it was a good, it was good to point this out because this is not something that typically happens with DC. Is Eradicator still around? At least, at least around yeah, four. It was in uh, the month before uh, Death Metal started. Yeah. He was the main villain in Justice League. Yeah. So four. So all four, like you four said, four. Hmm? four for four, you're right. Yeah, four for four, stayed around. And this is, <laughs> you guys know us, because uh, we're going to talk about some crises as we go through here. Because it's like, at least, we're, we got at least four crises. Just, just let's relax. And just... <laughs> but, um, but the fact that they all, these, these, all, these four still around means something. It wasn't just, I mean, you can say, I'm not going to say it wasn't a marketing employee, because it clearly was. They sold armbands. Yeah, they <laughs> sold armbands. This is clearly a marketing strategy. <laughs> However... If you have one, DM me. We'll talk. <laughs> those, I'm going to look... You know, while we're talking, I'm going to look this up on, on eBay and see if they I don't want... I don't try... Uh, eBay is... Pro- I need someone who'll do a friend price for me. I'll give you lots of content. I, wanna, I just want to see what they're going for. Um, oh, God. But, uh, don't but, say it on the air. I don't, I don't want them to know what they should charge me. Um... But no, the fact that they're still they're still around. I mean, I think that's also key. The legacy stays with those, and it's not something that happens with some things that are just like a marketing point. Sometimes they're literally it's, just it's there. It's really popular and easy to like shit on the '90s, and particularly things like this. But I I would challenge to that narrative because like what Chris just said. Like these aren't just four like they're around sometimes characters. These are four guys who've headlined books who they build events around. Cyborg Superman was one of the uh, herald of uh, one of the guardians of the Sinestro Corps alongside the Anti Monitor and Superboy Fucking Prime. Like he's a heavy hitter. I uh, yeah, but the story itself is fine. They find a way to bring back Superman through like. Kryptonian wasn't actually dead, but then why was in the afterlife with the dead soul? Who knows? Um, Just so you know, they're actually really cheap, so it's, it's not that bad. They're not as bad as I thought they would be. The armbands, sorry. Uh, I know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the image you all see of Superman in the black suit, this is Superman in the black suit. He comes back, doesn't have all his powers back yet, but he still wants to take the fight to um, Cyborg Superman and Mongol. We talked about the fall of Coast City um, and the Hal Jordan uh, character corner. Yeah, we did that. Hal Jordan and so for some and of these things, we Hal Jordan, um, maybe the Lex Luthor uh, character corner, and then also Superboy. So yeah. some of the stuff we might yada yada a little bit, but it's because we we've also covered it in those. So so the, the story in Superman Returned, Super Mullet intact. He's back. He's 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 in the red and blue, and. I think it's super funny because he's in the black suit for legitimately like a month and a half. But like that was one of Zack Snyder's big hooks, which just tells you everything you should know about that. Treat a truce. You said a truce. I apologize. No, no. You, for this, you, you're welcome to go off on this. <laughs> even I don't. Even even I'm just like you, fucking idiot. What are you doing? Like this is just not. Uh, it's so annoying. Just um, and this is a, a story that comes immediately after this, and you can call it a ratings ploy, whatever. It matters to me. There's a three-part miniseries. I don't know if you remember it. Superman, um, Hunter, Superman Doomsday, Hunter Prey. It was ostensibly to sell toys because there was a, a, a Mattel toy out with this costume on. But Superman finds out Doomsday has been taken to Apocalypse. And he goes and hunts him down and fights him. Now, if that's something like Superman you don't know, that's interesting to me. He then, because he can't defeat him, ends up having him teleported to the end of the time, effectively killing him. You want angry Superman? You want canonical angry Superman? Yeah. There it is. Yeah, you definitely get more of that Superman, right? Still, you know, it's in, the, but but it's it's the. The anger at you know, and later on, I mean, obviously this is anger because it's doomsday killed him. But other anger is because like you're hurting innocents. He's going to stop you, and that that means I mean, just just like we we talk about Spider Man um, holding back punches and things like that. But it's like, hey, listen, if you if he knows you can take it, you know he gonna stop the shit out of you. Like it's like, come on, like we can match you with power for power. Right. This is not some some weakling who's just gonna you know take take it because you you dish it out. It's like that's not that's not who Clark Kent and Superman is, you know. Right. So yeah. After the return of Superman, I think they fell into a let's do a best hits. There was a return of Bizarro. <laughs> There was the fall of Metropolis. Because Lex Luthor's now in charge. There's a character that finds out who Superman is and attacks his personal life and his costume life. There's even a broken off engagement with Lois Lane. None of these stories hit for me. And I apologize if they hit for you. Is there anything in there, Chris, that I am no losing or missing out on that 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 was key to these stories? No, and I think that's the no. It, it's everyone had a a Candor yeah. story. Everyone had a like. There's a couple Zod stories in there. I think. Yeah, it, it's nothing that really stands out. 
You know, it's it's one of those give me the quick hits, tell me where we're at, and go from there. It's, um, yeah, and and I think and I want to say, I know Dan Jerkins is some of these, but it's also just it, it doesn't. You're not getting anything that you, that's that hits you like when when John Byrne did the the Man of Steel or things like that. That kind of gets you. All right, cool. We're we're not really changing the character, but we're we're kind of moving to the next step, step, or we're telling the next story, right? It's kind of feels like you're just kind of aimlessly going towards something. Um, and I will say, I think those are, and this this goes across cross companies. This is DC and Marvel. I think these are they're always at their worst when they don't have that plan. Right. When you're not telling the next story, but you're just telling a story, you're just telling stories, right? It's it's the equivalent today of, and and I get it because it worked back in the day, right? Um, with with TV, a lot of people were just like the you know you just tell you know your ep- you know Star Trek was, was like that where it wasn't telling one overarching story like every episode was basically its own little adventure, and that was it, and and that worked. But the, today, I don't know if people will will go for that because now. We like that long form story. storytelling. Everyone's yeah. trained for it now. Yeah, we, we, we like that. We like knowing that the thing. Well, we also like the knowing that the things that we're reading matter. And I think that's, I think that's, especially in comics, I think that's what makes some of those kind of one off stories feel not worth it because it's like I'm putting my time and my effort into reading this stuff. And if I like this thing, I am now worried the next person coming in is going to say, oh, no, not canon, not going to use it, not going to do anything with it. Right. And so. I think that, that kind of hurts with so many things. It's not necessarily that they're bad stories. It just goes when you're talking about the uh, context of a character, it's like, does it really matter? You know? And, and, and the next thing that really matters for, man, for me is Final Night. And I am partial to this story because it's a great Hal Jordan story. Um, the Sun Eater comes and Superman starts to lose his powers. And you get a lot of really cool Superman moments. Like, uh, at one point, Batman tosses him a handle and he says, I've never felt cold before. He says, hmm, I wonder how many other discomforts you haven't felt. He says, <laughs> who keeps track of the number of 536? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, 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 I will say this. This is another thing that happens, too, towards after uh, Never Superman. You get more of the de- definition of the Batman-Superman relationship. Yeah. And, how they, and, and that's always... Again, sometimes it depends on the people writing it and how close they are and what's going on from there. But it's always interesting uh, how that works. And, and yeah. <laughs> Got to appreciate that. After final night, Clark and Lois finally get married. The big wedding, Lois and Clark. I think that's when they started the television series. I think that was 96. Cr- Lois 96, and Clark. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, I believe so. Let me double check. That's that. also the launch of the book we were talking about before this. Actually, Grand sorry, no. Lois and Clark was actually ninety three, so three years before. Really? This. Yes. They must have done it on the engagement. But you, but you, right? But you know what I'm about to say? I don't. They, they weren't Lois and Clark. I don't think they were. They weren't originally married in that series, and so they, they got maybe them during it. Yeah, and they might have been around the time they of. May have, the, oh, they may have linked up the two. Oh, you gross bastard! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just um, how do you sleep at night on that big bed of money? Um, yeah, because she doesn't know. She doesn't realize that it wasn't until season three that she realizes that. Um, uh, yeah, doesn't realize that that, that she is uh, that like Clark is Superman until season three. Season three is in ninety five to ninety six. 
And yep. that's when he does uh, give her the wedding uh, ring at the end of uh, 96. And the same week that the Superman DC released Superman, the wedding featured the long awaited marriage of Lois and Clark. So yes, they actually did tie it up to the TV that. show. <laughs> Every nice thing I've said about this company. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, wow. Um, so here we hit Superman, the JLA and you give Grant Morrison a character. He's going to make it weird. <laughs> And what do you mean by that? And it's not even weird. I guess the other thing is, it's not even weird. I just love the way like, Morrison's a crazy person. It's just Morrison's nuts. But the way he approaches the archetypical, like the big set, even calling them the big seven, mm-hmm. it's. Ugh. Well, I think also the, the, this is because we covered a little bit about this with Batman as well. I want to say this is when you kind of get the big seven basically being back. In the forefront of the JLA, because oh, that, no, that's when that's when they start the that's when the JLA book starts in 1997, yeah. right? And because that's exactly when it starts, right? And so, um, yeah, and and like you said, I mean, it's Grant Morrison, <laughs> he's going to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, also, I guess I guess around that time, because it's tied around the same time of that JLA. Because you read volume two of, start reading volume two, and all of a sudden you have Blue Superman. Oh, so. we'll get to that. Don't you worry. <laughs> Don't you worry. But I, I just think it's interesting that, to, that when, when Morrison had his hands on Superman, especially knowing what would come later with All Star, he handles them in such a way that you can tell he really respects the, the idea and the character. Mm-hmm. And like, of course, this is the run where we get the Bat God and all the other fun stuff and Rock of Ages, which I could talk about for days. Um, but yeah, I think it's just really interesting how he uses Superman there. But yeah, let's well, talk about it red and blue. Well, oh, well, before we get to that, like, going back to the, the Morrison, because like I said, I, we're definitely going to just do our, we'll do a Morrison DLA. Yeah, we have we, to. We have we'll to. It. It's, it's too much to cover right now. But in that first volume, because we covered it with Batman as well, where you have, oh, what was the name of the group that shows up? They were the White Martians, but I can't remember what they called themselves. Hyperclan? The Hyperclan, right. And, and again, it's one of those things of, and I think this is where, because they did the, you do the same thing with the, the version of Superman, if you think about it. This yep. is where I think that DC does a really good job. I think DC and Marvel do a really good job with this. Explaining why they're heroes. Right? So you always have somebody come in and say, I can do it better than your, your, the gods that you have, the, the heroes you have. Look what we're going to do. We're going to, like, I also got to appreciate Grant Morrison for literally burning alive um, Wolverine and, and Doomsday on that page. I, I'll never get over that. I'll never get over. I, I, love when they, I love it when both of these companies do that kind of shit. And they, they quietly throw, have their artists throw in characters from another, um, it's another company. It's so small and petty. But it's, it's, it's so small and so petty, but I gotta fuck, I fucking love it. Um, but like, you know, they explain, well, see, we, you know, they, they could, they could give you guys paradise, but they're not killing the heroes and not doing this. And they always come back and show you why they show you why they matter, why they can do this. Also, like you said, the bat God. Of Batman can do anything because you know he's just a human. No, he's Batman. So just (laughs) come on. But like, no, you're right. It's it's the way you handle that and the way you kind of show. Also, giving you know again leaning into that Superman having more personality as Superman. You know, he's not just some Boy Scout that you can easily take down. No, he can get angry. 
<laughs> but you can also bounce him off of other characters. Yes. Like when he, like in, I think in one of the first issues when he and Wally race there. And mm-hmm. he just kind of notes that like, Wally's been doing this almost as long as anyone here. Yeah. Well, he, he tells Wally, he literally tells Wally, that he's like, listen, I'm going to need you because you, you put the, you, you've had the costume on longer than, like you said, any of us. Like you did it as a right. kid, but yeah, you're you're that again. Gotta love again. Why we love Wally? You know, he was the kid that got the call up to the big leads, and then excelled. <laughs> you know, yeah. um. So yeah, yeah. Um. But let's talk about it. Can we? So what? Do you, just before we get into the story or the why or the what would you thinkings? What was your impression? Do you remember at the time to the to, to red and blue? No, because like here's the thing. So one, I wasn't reading. Well, I wasn't reading Superman growing up, right? And what it always caught me off guard because I would read Morrison's JLA, and I was like, "Why is Superman blue all of a sudden?" Because that's literally what happens. Like you're reading the, and and, and this is where it, it gets hard reading some of this stuff because you're reading JLA, you you finish this run, and then you come back into Volume Two, and Superman's standing there, and he's literally blue with with, with blue energy. You're like what? They did throw us that issue where he does the testing for. Right. To be in the Justice League. Right. And just like, what the fuck did we, how did we get here? You know, and, and so I never read it. I know a little bit about it, but like, it's, but I also, I also say, this is again where DC, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about their future slate. They always, they always get the idea that, and it's not wrong, we got to do something new. We got to change something up because we've had this character. How do we, how do we bring something new to the readers while still not changing it too much that's available? And you get things like this sometimes. And that's all I got. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. man. He turns into pure energy. <laughs> turns into what? Your energy. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think you said something else. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> um, and it's bad. I don't. So this is another thing where they're like, I said they were kind of doing the greatest hits. Superman Red and Superman Blue is a story from the seventies. Yeah, they're just playing the hits, and they're like, it's a bad cover of the hits. It's you didn't ask for. And then the villains were like, we got to stop this new blue Superman. And they split him into blue and red Superman. And guess what, Chris? The red one's aggressive and the blue one's calm. No. Yeah. No. That's, uh, where'd they get that idea from? I hate it. <laughs> but like, this is also like the late 90s. Like, this isn't even in 2000. Like, this is. I want people to grasp what we're talking about here because what Chris said about this not being serialized storytelling, excuse me, is really important. But also remember some of the other character corners that we've done that were serialized at this time. And part of the reason of that is because, and this Batman befell this too in the early 2000s, everyone wanted to come in and tell their Superman story. Mm -hmm. No one was making big runs. No one was telling long-term stories. Yeah, and, and, and it ties and, back to something that's an infinite crisis that we're going to cover in one of the many crises we're going to cover. Batman, when the Trinity's splitting up at the ruins of the Watchtower, 
Batman looks at Superman and says, you haven't inspired anyone since you were dead. <laughs> Which one, fire bars. But two, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's looking back at this stretch of Superman books. Mm-hmm. It's meta commentary on what's, what's happened here. They had a big thing with Y2K, which kids in 1999 people thought that because computers were only counting two digits on the date that we would lose all sorts of power plants and fall out of the sky uh mass hysteria nothing happened when you think about how crazy conspiracy theories are today with QAnon and things like that i just like to remind everybody like literally I was able to get out of uh, out of uh, class periods in my um, in my uh, senior uh, high school class because we were going around putting patches on machines and uh, we told the teachers we were doing that we were really playing Quake um, <laughs> because Y two K we literally we literally used Y two K as a hall pass to go play Quake in the computer room because we were doing important patching but we weren't because yes. But does does DC use the Y2K thing to tell a big Superman story that's going to matter? No. They roll out a Brainiac story. Because everyone's scared of technology. This is the problem you get into with some of the DC characters. Sometimes they get too big to tell relatable stories with. Mm -hmm. I thought the next really great arc was a big uh, change when they made Superman or Lex Luthor president of the United States. Yes. And I think it was 2002? 2003. 2003? Okay. Yeah. Because wasn't, wait, what was the, uh, the Brainiac story? Uh, what was that one? That was, that was literally around 99, 2000? I've had what? Be... Brainiac was Y2K. Like, that was yeah. Okay. Um, and then it went Emperor Joker, which I didn't want to talk about because <laughs> the world sucked. Okay. Um, then they did Our Worlds at War again. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I was supposed to ask for President Luther because he's he's president then, and that's right. when, and like this is where I think they started saying let's invest some storytelling into this character. Yes, let's invest some long term changes that are going to make put Clark Kent Superman in an awkward in a place we haven't put him in before, and or doesn't feel like the same old Luther story. Mm-hmm. And Luther winning the presidency was dope. And they had entire issues devoted to like why Superman didn't speak out against him. Because he had faith in the people to know better. <laughs> it almost sounds super pressing. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. I'm just like, putting your faith in these institutions, Superman. I, I hear you. But also, it fits with his personality, right? Because he believes in the best of people. Mm-hmm. And, and what, and that's he, like the core well, of Superman. And, and, and I think that's the other thing that I was mentioning before when we started this. I think that piece that you need to really hit home on because believing in the core of people is key to Superman because he's that's who he is. That's all he has, right? He's, he's the last, yes, he's the last son of Krypton, but like his, he, he grew up on Earth. He grew up a human. So his, even though he has all these, the powers of a god and all this other stuff, for his sake, he has to believe in uh, the power of, of humanity. He has to be leaving the good of people, right? Right. You got to think about it because when you, because you start, see, you see that, you know, if you go back to um, Reign of Superman and what really happens with Cyborg Superman, it's like part of that comes, well, part of it's also revenge and that Hank Cantrell is crazy, but also the fact that like, you know, 
outside of Steel and Superboy with Eradicator and Cyborg Superman, them both believing that they have this power. You see what happens when Superman has that power and believes that he knows best and I can do better and doesn't, and doesn't believe in the power of humanity. Well, then you have somebody who can literally enslave the world and destroy the world because what's, what's there to, what's there to ground him to this? What's, what's, what's to right. keep him from crossing that Proof line? What? Right. And so, yeah, I think that is the important piece. So, you know, it, and it makes sense and to a lot of people. They might be like, Oh, that's silly. That's crazy. But it's like, no, but for somebody who has that kind of power, they have to have that. You know, they have to have that belief that the good of people will, will take good. Because if not, when they start coming in there, you see that in you see that in other places where you know Superman steps over that line and tries to you know um, take care of things themselves, and it's like it usually doesn't take go well. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. And so the next thing, like you already mentioned, was our worlds at war, which for me, and I'm looking back at it, is DC doing a big impactful story. But one of the problems is they threw all their heavy hitters into one story. Mm-hmm. Like by the end of this, this new this new threat of Empirics has shown up. It's now been taken over by War World, who think it's under command of Brainiac 13, and they bring in Apocalypse. What next? It's a big enough Could point. you feasibly do? <laughs> and there's a lot of like small Superman moments, not small Superman moments, big ones, but the one I enjoyed the moment I enjoyed, but the one I thought spoke to the character and added real drama to this thing you know they were going to win against. He's distracted during the war and Lois Lane's father is killed. And it's one of those things where you're like, oh, you can't write compelling married superheroes. When you're married to the man who can do anything, he doesn't do this one thing. What's that? And it's a big story. And it's, it's um, millions of people die. Superman puts the black background behind the S-shield in mourning for a very long time. And it's, I don't know, I thought it was, I liked it. No, I think you, when you have this kind of character, you have to have those kind of big moments, right? Because like you said, he's the character that can do everything. And I think also, we didn't talk about it a lot here when we talked about the wedding, but I think his marriage to Lois Lane, you know, we talk about a lot about his weaknesses with Krypton, magic, and things like that. But I think it's not, it's, it's both his weakness and his strength, right? And, 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 and actually, I don't even like looking at it that way. It's, it is his real connected grounding to humanity. And I think that when writers use that and show that a lot of the other, you know, I love, um, I love how some of the later in, in newer books that we'll probably talk about the way they handle this is that Superman hears everything and Lois knows that he's always listening for her. And so she can literally whisper something in Clark will hear around the world. Right. And, and I think when you, when you when you when you do that kind of stuff, you see that you know it, it's it's how you connect. People were talking about how do you we we had that big thing when Warner Brothers came out and was like we don't know how we could tell a Superman story, right? And it's just like fucking idiots, right? But <laughs> but like what? How do you how do you connect Superman? Well, like what husband or significant other 
doesn't know, you better hear your wife or your your your, your significant other's voice. In a crowd of people, see see people, that woman you love, that man you love, you can find them and hear them at any point. Like, how do you not connect to that? Right. Right? Like, that is, you know, it's not the weakness, it's not the strength. That, that's how you connect these, the, these heroes to humanity, by showing them their, their humanity. Showing them what they're connected to. It's, and, and, and I think, like we said, the reason that people... You know, have such struggle when they make these live action versions of them because they remove that. Same thing with Batman. It's like, yeah, Batman's a laundry. Does it's like, no, he has an entire fucking family. He keeps like, you can't, you can't, on purpose. you can't stop getting Bruce Wayne to stop adopt. Like, Bruce Wayne's the kind of person that walks into an, an orphanage and is like, I'll adopt them all. It's like, you can't. He walks, no, he walks in with a punch card. The next one's free. Right. <laughs> adopt two, get your third one for free. <laughs> Like, if, if he's not ready to be adoptable, what now? Just wait long enough. His father will be murdered in grisly fashion, and then you can adopt him. Right, right. Like Bruce just walks to an orphanage, going, "Hey, um, uh, do you have any um kids here?" Bruce that's... tried to adopt him, and Tim's like, "No, no, my dad's alive." Like, mm, is he? <laughs> <laughs> but like, but but, could, but, that's but, that, but that's the thing. What? It's like, what? right? But everybody has that, you know. One, like all these. When you look underneath it, all of them have something that they. Are connected to Aquaman and the Green Lantern Corps, you know, Hal Jordan. All of them have this thing there, and when you take that away from them, you're right. All you have is a god, and you're right. dis- and you have a hard time relating to them. But like, no, this stuff is important. So having you know, Lois Lane and, and her father dies, and like you said, you're married to the man who can do everything. She leaves. You know, For a stretch. Yeah. You know, and it makes sense, and it makes narrative sense and story sense, and it builds tension. And I think it's really well done. And then we get into so, like, I kind of decried some of the late '90s stuff as like here are the Superman greatest hits. These are always Superman greatest hits with like a twist or like a turn up. Like this is the introduction of Manchester Black, who I know was on um, Supergirl recently. Mm-hmm. Lex Luthor figures out that Superman's Clark Kent. It starts to screw him as president and brings in Manchester Black. And Manchester Black does this. It's like I think it's it goes across all the Superman books. There's always like four books, and in the end, Manchester Black makes him think that he killed Lois. Says you'll kill me because you're just like me, and he doesn't do it. So he takes away the knowledge of Superman's identity out of Lex Luthor's head. And I don't know. I think that it's a better way of telling the if the screen with you, even though I know both Clark and, and Superman. I like I like that version better. Maybe I'm just maybe it was the time I was reading more Superman books, but I don't know. It just hit more for me. Um, there's a a solid story, and there was like there's again the next real quick kick in the pants the story gets he gets is Batman Superman when they launched that book, mm-hmm. and for me that was it. That was the kickoff to like modern, real deal, really well written Superman. Yeah, I mean that that series goes from point two thousand three to two thousand eleven. You know, yeah. and and you get it's it's you know it's your world's finest. It's your 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 two characters that seem like polar opposites, but gel so well together. And mm-hmm. you literally have somebody who has a power as a god, and you literally have a guy who he's just a human. But he's also kind of a god himself. 
right? Because he knows everything. Master strategist can do all this stuff. But like, you you have this team up in these books with these two, you know, to go from there. Yeah, and, and again, we covered that in the Batman series. But yeah, it's, it it was good. And even there, like they they push forward the Superman mythos with they oust uh, Luther as president. They end up uh, reintroducing a modern Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the old, everything old is new again, but here's some twists. But it also leads us directly into, into Infinite Crisis. Which kicks off long before the series itself, when Maxwell Lord is taking mental control of Superman to do things around the planet. It brings him into conflict with Wonder Woman, who ends up snapping Maxwell Lord's neck. Yes. And man, what is your take on Infinite Crisis? I've evolved in mine. I think. So I think I've, <laughs> I think I've, I've evolved on all of my takes on all the crises. In that, however I feel about them at the moment, in a way, DC kind of always does need. They always kind of need that crisis. They kind of do need it to kind of, because they're dealing with so many of their characters are from, from that, from, from the golden age, you have to have a way to try to clean things up, even though sometimes it makes a bigger mess. Um, and I, I might not always agree with their outcome and how they do it, but I, I understand the concept and the need. That's really diplomatic of you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying here, man. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. Um, <laughs> I, so, and it's interesting seeing what's happening with death metal right now, kind of echoing the infinite crisis referendum of like, you've gotten too gritty and this is how it should be. And like, it's kind of the other half of that argument is happening right now. It's interesting. I thought the reintroduction of Superboy Prime was really well done. I thought the whole bit kind of revolving around those three Supermen. Mm-hmm. Earth 2. Um, okay, so long story, the cliff notes of Infinite Crisis. Um, a lot of things have been happening in the universe didn't make a whole bunch of sense. And it turns out that a lot of it was because after the original crisis, there were four survivors who were trapped in the pocket dimension. And because Superman, Superboy Prime had been punching the wall, <laughs> things like Jason Todd had come back to life. And other things, continuity changes had happened. Um, I swear to God, this is the story. No, we've covered it several times. So at this point, if you listen to us long enough, you know... It sounds crazy, but this is literally him punching the, punching the wall. Song. Right, yes. Um, but it ends with Superman, our Superman, Cal-El, and then the Superman from Earth 2 who survivors for Crisis, Cal-El, no E, um, <laughs> fighting Superboy Prime, Clark Kent, I swear to God. Um, and having to put him through a red sun to strip him his powers, the Green Lantern Corps takes him into custody. This leaves Superman powerless for the duration of the new 50, of 52. Yes, because again, so around this time, remember 52 is when you, you have those that 52 weeks of books without your big three. So no, no, no Superman, no Batman, and no Wonder Woman at the time. So, yeah. We, we've covered 52 before as well. So, right. But yeah. Have we covered all of it? I don't think we, I don't we did. I, I, think, I think maybe in 2000, oh, 2021, um, maybe we should do some runs because we have, we've covered pieces of 52. We never covered it all I from read it recently. Me. It's still really good. No, it is. And, and like I said, I, again, every now and then DC gets the commitment 
to 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 stick with something. So this commitment of sticking with fifty two weeks of these books, and it's good in and telling the fifty two weeks of the stories, it works, you know. And it's one of those it really things, does. It's like amazing what happens when you stick to a plan. Commit and stick to a plan. It's so strange. <laughs> um. So yeah, but for the duration of fifty two. Superman doesn't have his powers. Clark Kent is just a reporter reporting on things like Supernova and Booster Gold, and those things mean things to you if you've read this story. Um, but it comes back, and Superman gets his powers back, so the books now start one year later, all the DC books, the 52 filling in the gap, obviously, and we get the first time a Super Sun. You know, the idea of a Super Sun now is, is accepted and widely promised that there's actually going to be a, a show with two Super Sons. But at the time, this was a new concept because around this time, people were clamoring for the divorce of Peter Parker and Mary Jane. <laughs> and they wrote an arc in Superman called Last Son where a kid lands in Metropolis from a ship. And it wasn't Jeff, this is Jeff Johns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yes, this is Jeff Johns. Yes. I read this one. Okay. And it turns out, of course, this is actually the child of Zod. It's John's and Donner. Yeah. Yeah, because when Donner starts because in the, in the next, because there's two, there's like two volumes of it. In the second volume, like Superman literally looks like Christopher Reeves. It's drawn like Christopher <laughs> Reeves. Like I was, I was reading, I was like, oh, okay. that, I was like, and I was, Gary, Gary Frank's the next run, right? Yeah, and I was like, I was like, oh, oh wait, okay. Story. Yeah, I was like, oh. It's like, I'm like, why does, why does Clark Kent look like Christopher Reeves? I'm like, Oh, Richard Donner's writing this now. I'm like, okay, this makes this, 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 yeah, this makes sense. It caught it, it, it caught me off guard it's for jarring. It, it, yeah. it, it was it was it was so jarring because the artwork is good. Like, don't get me wrong. It's so like, it, it's, the so artwork good. is so good. And I was like, is that Christopher Reeves? Like, what the hell? Am I re- what what happened here? No, yeah, sorry. It's beautiful. It's really well done. No, it's it's great. Um, I did, I did like this. No, I liked I liked Chris Kent. I liked him. Learning from Clark and Lois, like it ends with him sacrificing himself. Spoilers, I guess, to to help to save it to keep his actual father trapped in the family. Well, and what I liked about it is you get this again. So Clark and Lois are together. Uh, Clark now has his powers back, so he's now back as Superman. Uh, that this, this is where I was telling that story about him being given the shit worked by by um yeah, by uh, the, Perry. And so they really and, and and Jeff Johns again really kind of leans on heavily on this idea of. Clark can hear everything. So when Lois is saying something and Lois wish, even whispers something to Clark, he hears it. And it's like, I, I love that because what it, it shows you is the, the it, it gave me, t- it gave you t- several things. One, level of his powers, but it also added this element of, of Superman of, he's really multifaceted, right? This is a guy who's also a good, you know, he's not Batman level scientist when it comes to stuff, but but he can do that kind of stuff because... Right. Of his powers and things like that, so he he understands a lot more than people give him credit for. And also this idea of both Lois and and, and Clark at one point saying, uh, "Well, one Clark looking at this this kid Chris and saying, I've never, I'll take him.' Like and this is where you also get again angry Superman a little bit. At one point, um, uh, the kid is taken by the military because they're gonna, yeah. hold him, and he finds yeah. out that he finds out that it it, it, it and, and Clark is like. No, we're not doing that. He's coming with me. And like it's like at one point he even like goes he doesn't wear his uniform. He he goes undercover and blows up and they're like, You 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 gave them you, you use concussion bombs and stuff like that to get get him. I was like, 
Nobody was hurt. <laughs> I'm just like, God. it's like I didn't hurt anybody. It's like, come on, you know. But but you, you see that a you, lot worse. How about that? But but what what did you say is you see Clark go and Superman go into this immediate protective mode of this child. You know, this child is from my home planet. He's a child. Imagine what would have happened if he if I didn't get raised, you know, by mom pa. What what would have happened to me? And so. um you know, there's some some tension uh, tension between uh, Lois and Chris at first, but then Lois also is like, no, we sh-, it kind of goes along with it as well. And so you have them because they can't have kids themselves, or at least they think they can't have kids themselves. So it's like right. this becomes this thing of this is this is their child. And, and even know? how it ends with him deciding to with Christopher portraying his father and, and trapping them both in the Phantom Zone because he he reacted so well to the teachings of Lois and Clark. Yeah. The impact of Superman's bigger than. Kittens and trees and, and and the and the posing in front of the book with with the chair with the uh, car above your head. Yeah, you know it's for me. That's that like that was that's when I was like, all right, Jeff, let's because you know like Jeff Johns is a great writer and I'm a big fan of his. He tends to like things a certain way, mm-hmm. and he'll write his shit until he gets his way. The <laughs> next run is a great Brainiac story. Yeah, I want to make that very clear. This is a great. Brainiac story. <laughs> but it ends with Brainiac firing a missile at the Kent's farm, killing no one, but scaring Jonathan Kent so badly as a heart attack and dies. Now, <laughs> some of you are like, well, all the, the Clark Kent's I've known in the mass media have always had dead father. Same with Jeff John. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, he said that same shit, and then he wrote that shit. Well, because, well, well, he like well. So here's the thing: I need, we need to talk to Jeff Johns about killing parents because didn't he? He does the same thing with Barry, right? You're, no, he turned Barry into Batman. <laughs> right. it's like, it's like, One day we'll do a Barry Allen character court, and I will yell for two. yeah. Like you know, Jeff John, know, Jeff, Jeff John doesn't count because apparently you need a dead parent to do good. Right? Jeff Johns believes in killing killing people's parents. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, but yeah, I, again, like we said, it's very, very good. Don't get he wrong. likes things a certain way. <laughs> right. And damn, if you don't, you know, and, and, and that certain way is parents are dead. <laughs> dead parents. Uh, well, I mean, Pa Kent's dead in the darn. Mm-hmm. And so like, if you don't know, Jeff John's got his start, I believe working on one of the, like it's, it's, I get it. Yeah. So, this leads into Final Crisis, which is the first crisis that's like explicitly about Superman. I would also say, can we just not call them? I don't never say Final in front of Crisis in DC. Just... No, they had to. It's it's important. That I, know, know, I know, I know, I know that just... we know that they know their line. <laughs> um, Grant Morrison. So previous to this, I'm trying to describe. Like, it's really hard to talk about some of these books. They don't make a whole bunch of sense when you say them out loud. Prior to this, Grant Morrison had done about a year on Batman. He kind of made everything count to the Zer and R stuff. Um, and Final Crisis was him being given that permission to do that to the entire DC universe. Dark side wins. The anti-life equation takes over the planets. 
the fourth the, the the fourth wall has fallen the fourth wall the fourth world is over um there's a lot of lead up to this a lot of really weird outside stuff jack Cur- or jack kirby type stuff but the bottom line is dark side takes over the universe and it's solved by Superman playing a machine, like an instrument. I'm going to read from the, the, the I'm, I swear to God this happens. <laughs> However, Superman sang a note at a frequency that countered Darkseid's own vibrational frequency, shattering his essence. It's like a big, high-concept, fine story. But it also has a coalition of Superman that occurs during it. Like, he meets... R. Clark meets all these Superman across the multiverse. A lot of cool scenes there, but I... You know... I hate this. You know what Superman's wish for was when he wished in the Miracle Machine? A happy ending. I'm not sure Grant Morrison didn't write this in protest. <laughs> I would love to get Grant Drake. What were you trying to do with Fire Rising? What, what was that? Was it commentary on nothing ever actually changes and you only have to hope for a good ending as a plug block? Um, but out of that was actually born a pretty good Superman story because for me, I want to see something new, something that pushes the boundaries of the character, and New Krypton did that shit. Mm-hmm. Did you read this? I did not read that one. So, after the Brainiac story we told where they egregiously killed Bakken. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's so weird that he did well, it's just so but, weird because it's, it's like it's like because they get saved by the they get blown up, but then he dies of a heart. It's just one of those things of I even do okay. But yeah, you could have just hit him with a rocket. Um, yeah, right. It just, it just, it just yeah. seems needlessly cruel. Right. Um, just why are you sure that? So the end of the Brainiac storyline: Superman rescues the Bobble City of Kandor from Brainiac, and he opens it on Earth. So now there's a hundred thousand Kryptonians living on Earth alongside Superman. Mm-hmm. It's a real fucking paradigm shift. For the first cool. time, he's not the last son. Right. Well, you know that kind of reminds me also of what they did with um, Thor when you bring Asgard then, to, to, to Earth. You know, mm-hmm. so yes. And then they go ahead. That's a that's a parallel I hadn't even thought of, honestly. This is, this for, is, this is, for Thor, yeah. at least it's the, the world he knows. This is a society Clark's never been a part of. Exactly. It's even like highlighted when. They end up using Kryptonian and Rainac technology to build their own planet and move them to a new Krypton, but Clark's banned from it. It's it's making the man without a planet thing more stark by giving mm-hmm. a planet and saying you can't go there. Like I, mm-hmm. this is one of those runs that I really like. Yeah, Jeff Johns, I make fun of him sometimes. He wrote a lot of my favorite stuff of a lot of my favorite heroes. This is some really good Superman stuff. And it's when you tell someone they're going to have a time to roll out and tell their story, it's amazing what they'll pull off. Right. 
And then he renounces his life on Earth. And moves to New Krypton, and you get to like see the guild and how the society is stratified. And it's actually a pretty cool sci-fi story. Where you kind of see where Superman's ideals that he learned on Earth are demonstrably superior. Like at one point during the big like, culminating fight with Brainiac in New Krypton, it is all the guilds won't fight together, so the Kryptonians are getting slaughtered. And they have to use telepathy to convince them that they're all on the same side and instill a little bit of Superman in them. It's as far as stories showing you why the character matters, mm-hmm. I'm in for that one. Yeah. The last ending of Krypton's into that one. And then Zod tries to take Earth because now, of course, you need a Zod story. And then it kind of devolves. And then you get this, the arcs that ended right before New 52, like Grounded. Did you ever read Grounded? Did Didn't read Grounded. Do you remember Grounded? Mm-mm. All right. He walks across the United States. He felt that he lost touch with America. Oh, so we're doing the, we're doing the, uh, 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 what is it? Um, uh, the Green Lantern in, in, in Green Arrow. Hard Traveling Heroes. Hard, hard Traveling Heroes. Yeah. The five issue one is JMS, J. Michael Straczynski. And I think it had him like renounce. It, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Because, this all leads up to New 52. And now I've got to be some like really honest here, guys. So I'll be honest, I didn't read any of the New 52 stuff. So I read Action Comics, it was Morrison. But I didn't like it. Well, the first problem is ugh, the right underwear is gone. So we start. We you start, act like it's not start, a problem. No, 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 no. I'm 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 not I'm not even joking about this. I'm I, I'm showing it's it's just like uh, you know our repeated talk about the, the, the yellow boots on the flash. It's like when it's something so simple, why are you changing it? Like it's it's making the unnecessary changes. So no, 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 I'm not making fun of it at all. I'm like, no, this is actually like it seems like something small. But those small things, when, but when you can't, again, it's like, it's like when we talked about, um, again, we use our favorite whipping boy right now, Zack Snyder. When you can't get the Flash's costume right because it's the simplest costume of all fucking time, when you can't it's a get that. Costume. Right. It's a, no, it's, it's simple, but it's perfect. When you can't even do that because you feel like you have to do something different, you're going to, it's going to go downhill from there. And so, yes, the underwear on the outside, the red underwear on the outside, the, the costume. Seems simple, but it's a simple. It's a it's a symptom of what's going to eventually be a larger problem. So let's talk about New Fifty Two. I don't get it. I don't get it. So the Action Comics was an attempt. The realm was attempt to tell like the early days of Superman and kind of like. Harken back to Superman versus the corporate fat cats of the 50s and 40s and 30s, really. And it's fine. And then you look at Justice League and you look at the, the stories that it's all the greatest hit stuff I said about the 90s. It's now being done here, but with like a Z for no reason. Right. They do. 
a different version of Cyborg Superman. They do a different version of Bizarro. Well, that's the thing. It's like they do the greatest. They're trying to do the greatest hits by retelling them, like you said. But it's that make it more. You know, make it more. I that's all I can I, I can think of it. Make it more, and I'm just like, but you didn't need to do that, and and you do it by also changing some relationships, changing some of the grounding of the characters, and it's it goes back to I, I hate to say it, classic the classic DC prop, you know, and and then the fact that none of it lasts. I don't. They knew it didn't work. <laughs> they knew it didn't work before rebirth. Right. They during Dark Side War, which isn't a very good crossover in Justice League, they all get imbued and become the gods of something. That, and Superman becomes deemed the god of strength. If there isn't a more poor reading on this fucking character. But eventually they realize things aren't going well. And they out Superman as Clark Kent. And they had him start to lose his powers. I remember. Oh shit! I remember this. Yeah, because isn't this the one where like he's like in like jeans and a t-shirt or something like that, like basically being yep. super? Fuck! I remember that. <laughs> he uses cape to be uh, to to be uh, bandages for his knuckles. It's a Vandal Savage story. Eventually, I forgot about that. So he finds out that he's dying. And a mysterious second Superman starts showing up. I swear to God, this is the story. The Superman turns into pure energy, tells this unidentified Superman with a beard to carry on his legacy. Yeah. My advice concerning New 52 Superman is friends wouldn't let friends do it. So I'm asking you not to. Even DC recognized no one like this unlikable child dating Wonder Woman. No one gets that shit. So they brought back free 52 Clark. That's who the Dark Superman was. He now is a child with Lois, and 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 and, and he's going to take Superman's place. I thought that was the, that, that was happening in New 52. I thought that was in Rebirth. No, so okay. that happens at the end of 52. Okay, at the beginning of Rebirth, Mister Miss Pixie. I hate that guy. <laughs> He reveals that DVD2 Superman and this Superman were actually halves of the same whole. Same with the Lois Lane. Oh, so they're they're basically red, 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 red and blue Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had to. I had to. Said that uh, they had been split during Flashpoint. No one else was, but they were split. They were split. And upon their reintegration, would kick off rebirth. So now, Superman we read is apparently the same one from before New 52. 
technically before Flashpoint. See, yes, very true. Which is what started me too. So, uh, yes, that's what I was saying. Yeah, very, yeah. I'm just... Ian eventually gets the tights back. With the red underwear. And... Oh, with the underwear. Because, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Well, Superman 52 was wearing a lot of armor. Because <laughs> when I think of impervious <laughs> alien god, I think of molded armor? <laughs> But Superman's back, and largely he's the Superman you've known, you Superman you've loved. And one of the cooler things I think that's happened in the last couple of years is that Brian Michael Bendis has gotten his hands on him. He's humanized Superman. He's expanded the House of L. And in recent months, you've all read he's outed Superman as Clark Kent. And the ramifications of that have been wide-reaching. Like, yeah, Superman eventually starts the United Planets, kicks off the Legends of uh, Legion of Superheroes future. But the question then becomes, wait, why does Clark Kent get to speak for us? So a thing that would normally be praised in a Superman book is now being questioned because you have the man's name in front of it. So I've actually kind of enjoy- I've enjoyed the Bendis run. Um, your mileage may vary. I'm a Bendis fan. I think you were a good writer. But I think the most intensive and important speaking on Superman happened, Jeff Johns, 12 issues, Doomsday Clock. Agree or disagree? No, no, I, I feel like that's the good way to, to a good place to 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 talk and end and end this this about this because I think that's that is you know it, we 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 talked our shit you know about the delays with Doomsday Clock and rightfully <laughs> and did. and rightfully so we were right I was right, right when right, I said it right rightfully so however. John's gonna write the fuck out of a book. So, like, I, I will listen. I will, I will get on them about about their their schedule. I will get on them about not lining things up. I will get on them about making promises that they cannot keep. But I will also say, with all that, Jeff Johns can write the fuck out of a story. You give him, you My give him, you, you give him those twelve, and you you let him tell that story. Um, and I and I will say also, I, I need to catch up on. They're doing with uh, some of the other stuff you're talking about with the business run with um, obviously with Dark Metal. I, I, I need to catch up on that stuff, but I do also know that they are lining things up to fit into with what Johns was telling with Doomsday Clock. And yeah, yeah. All that said, it is a great story, and it's a story that is centered on Superman. It. You want to know why Superman matters? There's two books to read: All Star Superman, because good lord, and this. It's a meta look as to why Superman matters, and we're getting. It's interesting to see what's happening in Death Metal actually right now because it's a, it's a Wonder Woman story at its core. But this is so. Without spoiling, like oh, we're going to spoil some of it. Without spoiling, like the 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 how we got here, the realization occurs that this universe's engine is Superman. And it charges things before and, and after. Everything stemmed from Superman because he is literally hope. And that's why the final crisis of he wished for a happy ending isn't corny, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. But it, it's corny in the way that makes it, that's right. That speaks to the character. It's Superman. And watching Dr. Manhattan in that book kind of play with time by 
changing some of the variables around Superman. But what made him younger and a dickhead if you do? What if I made him here as a kid? Another origin. Okay, all right, let's try. What if I make him and then you get John Byrne? Like it's and you get Jeff Johns. It's it's he is the cornerstone. Well, and the meta commentary is that he's this is also he's also the beginning of the Helmo boom, right? Faction comic number one. And so I think that's the other thing too that works so well with what Johns did there. Because it, it, it spans not just beyond not just that story, not just the DC universe, but the entirety of the com- of the of comic book universe. You know? Superman is the engine. You know? And it it also kinda lets you kinda go back and think about we talk we talk our shit about I talk our shit. We we point out the 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 issues with everybody trying to tell their own Superman story, but this is why. Why does everybody want to tell their own Superman story? Well, because Superman is Superman. He is the beginning of it all. And everybody wants to have their commentary on there. That's why every now and then, like you said, with all these different characters, all these different crises, you always have a different telling of his origin and where he came from and how he, how he began, because telling that origin is the origin of, um, of comics. Right. It's turning the key on everything. All of it. Yeah. Every book you picked up since before, man, it, this is the action. That's the one. It's always that iconic image. I love that they were able to play off it so often with him holding the car up. Mm-hmm. And I know we talk about Superman in a unique way because I think he's a super unique character because he has to be this thing that's everything to everybody. But in recent years, like Chris mentioned, I think they've leaned into the immigrant experience and kind of the control needed to be super. I tell they you, made, yeah. they tried to make this God relatable. I think they've done a, a largely a very good job of it. You know, they have. I mean, if you think go, going back to that the Jeff John story with um, with uh, uh, last son of Krypton with um, with with Kirk, Kirk Flint, like. Yeah, Christopher. What would they? What you do? What they do with that? Really? Even though Chris has his own powers, um, two. Have you caught up on the boys? Did you finish the boys? I did. Yeah. So, kind of reminds me a little bit about that. Uh, <laughs> like, you don't have to be your parents' kids. Um, but two. Also, this idea of, you know, you're but but kind of like that, right? You don't. Your upbringing doesn't have to define who you are as being a hero. And and I think sometimes. DC has a hard time getting that message because that message is something that is very, very Marvel. That's a very yes. Marvel message, right? The anybody can wear the mask, you know, there's a hero in all of us. Like that is a very make my Marvel type of type of deal. But when you read these stories with somebody like Superman, with somebody like Batman, you get that stuff is there too. It's just, it's just one of those things. That it feels like DC doesn't promote it as that. You know, because like you said, the people at the top sometimes don't feel like that that stuff, stuff sells, but clearly it does. It's what makes your characters relatable. And, and honestly, when you have somebody who is why they pu- push Batman so much, because Batman, even though he's a rich white guy, he's still human among all these gods. So they think that he's more right. relatable to everybody else. But it's like, no, Superman actually could be way more relatable than Batman is and should be, even with all these powers, because he's like, there is, um, 
can't remember which, which one I was reading. What story I was reading, but it's the one where he keeps going back, and it's the one where, where Metropolis had vanished, and he keeps talking the to the... It's the Vanishing. The Vanishing. So I think, right. I think, I think Jim Lee drew it. Yeah, know. he's talking... It might be Jim Lee, because it looks like Jim Lee art. But he's talking to that priest. And he keeps having these, these, these long conversations with this priest talking about the, the sins and mistakes he's made. And however you feel about the story, one way or the other, right? Those conversations to me, though, represent so much of, guys, this is, the, this is Superman. This is what you relate to. Because here you have somebody who nobody would think, I, at one point, I think the priest asked, do you cry? Right? Yeah. And it's like, that's for tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For, there he goes, for tomorrow. And it's like, it's, that is what you need. That is, if you are having problems selling Superman, that is what you sell. You sell that because that is way more relatable uh, than, than something else. He's not just as God. He's he's human. He's one of us. He he cries like us. He feeds. He feel. He puts so much pressure on him. Like one of the things I loved about the Jeff John story is when we were talking about how uh, Perry White had given him all the stuff to kind of uh, kind of do, and Clark had gotten about half of it done. He had taken on the notes. He'd done all the stuff. Um, and he was just like, I, he got caught up. He was literally saving the world like multiple times that day. Um, and he gets home and he had to blow off Lois and, and their anniversary of the first time they ever took flight together. And he gets home and he, and he opens his folder and he sees that Lois had finished writing all the stuff for him. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, why did you do this? He was like, you were literally saving the world and you were still got all the stuff done. Like you take so much on to yourself and feeling like that where you know, you need help too, and it's and if and if that's not something that's relatable, some some people out there to put all everything on their shoulder, don't want to ask for help, and feel like even though you've literally have done everything you could humanly possibly do, you still came up a little bit short. Still blame yourself. If that, what else is more relatable than that? You know, what else is more relatable? And so I think this is the thing that, and this is why I love doing these character corners because sometimes. There's characters that I don't think too much about. And Superman's one of them. Like, I know Superman. I'm fine with Superman. I'm not, like, a huge Superman f- person to read. Right. That kind of stuff. But, like, doing this character, it's like, it, it gave me a different perspective on the character. And, like, no, there's so much more here. It, he's one of those characters where when it's good, it's great. Right. But you it's know? so hard to do good. Right. Which it goes and back to so what you were saying about, goes back to what you were saying about the Captain America stuff. Right, yeah. same thing. Same thing with there. It's like you find the good, you find those good Captain America runs. You're on, woof, you're on something. <laughs> you know, and if it's one of those. Here's my Bizarro story. Here's my U.S. agent story. It's not going to be great. No, no. But it's, man, when you get a care a writer to really like, God, I've literally forgotten for tomorrow because it was yeah. such a big deal that Jim Lee was going to draw Superman. Yeah, and that story is not very good. No, it's not, right. It's like I don't, I don't want anybody to go like no. But to me, it's the moments with the priest though are, and the artwork yeah. is great, and the artwork is great too. I've Got to say the artwork, the artwork is great. <laughs> but like those conversations though, because again, it, it like honestly, it's a really harsh story to read because it, it really just jumps in around and like the writing is terrible on it. Like it's not good, except for those conversations <laughs> between the priest and and and, and Superman. Because again, it's this thing of, and the, and the priest is dying, right? And so you have and this Brian Azarellos who wrote like, like I think he wrote a hundred bullets. Like this is a guy who writes. Yeah, it's just it's just not a good it's not a good cohesive. Story. He's not going to write the things that Jim Lee's going to want to draw. Right, and but again, like you can find those moments, and and even in the even in the stories you don't like, 
you can find those moments. And that was the, that was a moment in there for me reading that stuff. Just going like, this is, you know, him, you, you get Superman at his most human, you know, admitting that he's made mistakes, admitting that he didn't, he didn't say Metropolis, that his wife is gone, you know, and all these things, right? It's yeah. Wow. Um, cool. Uh, we got anything else we want to say about this? I mean, we, I know we didn't cover, uh, there's clearly some other like one shot stuff that you can go out there and get. There's oh, obviously, the, so, there's... so, okay. Do you want to talk about this? We don't have to go to every, every one of these red Sun. Yeah. 2003. It was, it's not the first, but it was the most popular. The one that I, for some reason, people suck their teeth into alternate version of Superman. So if you're not familiar with Red Sun, it's now been turned into a film, an animated movie, but it's what if Clark Kent's or what if Kal-El, excuse me, rocket lands in Russia, in the Soviet Union. What if he been raised there, Arthur, uh, Mark Millar, um, Wrote it. It was nominated for the 04 Eisner's Best Limited Series. It spans about 1953 to 2001. And he grows up in a Ukrainian farmer collective instead of Kansas. And it's three issues. And your mileage on Mark Millar may vary. But he's admitted that this was a, um, a thought he, he he thought about since he saw an issue um Superman three hundred when he was a six year old. And whether you're for or against it, <laughs> this was the beginning of what if Superman was bad. And I think that's the thing that colors it, right? Part of the thing that colors it, right? Is is something is it's like the it's like the Dark Knight Returns. Right. It's like, do you just me off of what it is, you know, in, 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 in its own enclosed moment, or you judge what it, what trends it started afterwards for good or for bad. Hmm. Right. You know, and to me with red sun and with dark Knight returns is the same thing of people start taking the wrong lessons from them and then start thinking that that has to be like, well, why don't we just make that the canon story? And I'm like, but it's not supposed to be. That's the point. You're missing right. the point. You know? So. Yeah. And there's all the injustice as well. Oh, man. Um, injustice is a good, comic, a good video game turned into a great comic book. Um, it's a video game positing what if the Joker killed a pregnant Lois Lane and Superman killed him. Kind of the, the the disintegration into despotism and kind of what would happen in the world from there, and Superman versus Batman, and building to why would you have a fighting game with DC heroes? This is why. And as far as fighting game backstories, this shit is amazing. <laughs> Tom Taylor wrote a lot of year one um, or a lot of the series. There's an Injustice Two book out as well, very good as well. I just, yeah, there, you can be the thing is you can do this stuff well. It just can't be the main Superman. That's not the point. And that's, the point and that's, is we yeah. know him, and the deviation makes it interesting. And that's, uh, yes. I think that's the key distinction that needs to be made. Somebody needs to go right. and, I'm not saying you strap Zack Snyder to a chair and beat that into him, but I'm just saying. Just make him watch uh, All-Star. Just like, don't even make him read it. Just watch it. All right. All right. Well, um, 
Cool. Anything else we want to cover? This is fun. I I could talk about alternate versions of Superman. Um, there was Smallville, which eh, was fine. Um, I like Superman on Supergirl. I like that he's getting his own show. Yeah. Other depictions. The animated depictions are all on point as far as the Timbers. The movies, like the more recent DC movies, I'm not as well versed in. So I can't recommend any there. They did do Death and Return Superman. I think they did that twice on film. So that's out there if you want to just kind of bite into that story. Um, Superman versus the Elite is the Manchester Black story. I'm trying to think of any like Superman animated movies off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. The animated series is very good. Justice League is very good. There's a lot of different ways to get to Superman. But if you're looking for uh, your comic books and you want to just kind of get Superman, I would say go read All-Star. Yeah. Um, because there's nothing that really gets it more than that for me. Yeah. All Star Superman is probably the, and that's a, that's a great thing about Superman. You can you can do that. You can go and get a run. You can get a you can get a certain thing, and you'll get everything you need to really know about. Superman. That's the that's the, the 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 key thing about I think some of these characters when it comes to Superman, Batman, um, less of Wonder Woman because of everything's on Wonder Woman. But through with Batman and Superman, you can you can pick a certain run, and you can get everything you need to know uh, about that character. You know. Um, because we always know that they're always going to go back. Like we're going to talk about this again, probably during the probably during the um, mailbag. We'll talk about future slate. But it's even like the way that DC announces some things, they're like Batman's dead. Are going to do that, and then they literally also then announce this, the the book that has Bruce Wayne in it. And I'm just like, why would you guys step on your own? And we know who, and we all know who the new Batman is, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I'm just like, but you like. You've already stepped on the fact that your brain, your Bruce is not dead, though. So why would you even? Why, why would you? Why would you announce it like that? Why would you? So it's just I, that's where my 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 fear for DC comes in. At. It's just I feel like they can't get out of this, uh, they can't get out of their own way when they announce stuff. So um, they can't just let the new feature slate come in without also kind of giving a wink and a nod to people to say, no, we're not going to completely change everything. It's not all going away. You just you know, it's just like shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. But even like, I, I have no problem with Future Slate. No, I, no, again, we'll talk about it then. I, I don't either, because to me, I was like, this is good. Let's, 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 let's get a final jolt, jolt forward. Let's, 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 let's do something new stuff. Like, let's go, let's go. Let's, you need it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're saying you're not getting rid of what you did in the past. And that's the big, always the big, the, biggest, the biggest thing with DC. It's like, I don't mind you doing something new as long as the past matters. Right. That's very fair. You know? Do something new. I, matter of fact, I'm begging you to do something new. You need to do something new. You know, you need to bring yourself in. And like, and and honestly, it worked well for Marvel. <laughs> you know. Well, and we'll talk about this probably on the mail on the pull list. But there's a lot of parallels for Death Metal and for um, Secret Wars. Yes. Yeah. Like I think you're really gonna enjoy it when you like when you really sit down with it. I think you're really yeah. gonna enjoy it. Yeah, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna start trying to get into some of it. You know, it'd be nice if their <laughs> DC Unlimited was available right now. I'm sorry, hey, DC hey, Infinite hey. or whatever. I'm getting Young Justice on HBO Max in about two weeks. <laughs> um, all right, folks. I got another recording I gotta do in in a bit, so we're gonna hop off now. Um we will, like I said, we'll be back shortly after this. With a quick turnaround, we're gonna be doing the pull list. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got Empire. We got Extra Swords. We got we got so much stuff to talk about. So, um, stay tuned for that, and um, then we'll be back in November with um a new character corner. We'll figure out what we're gonna talk about then. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Thank you guys very much for listening. Keep sending those um. 
five star reviews in. We will read them. Like I said, they really do keep us motivated moving forward. Um, we're really glad that everybody uh, listening and loves us. We're back. We'll be more back on schedule. So uh, thanks everyone. And until next time, we are out of here. Peace. Peace.